usually I'm on the other side of this where I'm looking at somebody going, are you going to come up here or what? And I'm on the other side, so I'm so thankful to be able to speak to you all this morning. Uh, thank you for, for allowing me to do this. Dave, thanks for allowing me. Uh, the trust he puts in me probably is not uh, earned yet, but I appreciate you giving me an opportunity to speak this morning. How y'all doing this morning? Are you happy to be in the house of the Lord? I hope you are. I hope you are. I know I am. Uh, our series is, uh, we're in this series called One Thing, and we're going to be talking about David this morning, about one thing that he found very important, his one thing. But before we get to that, I want, uh, especially you guys in this room, I want us to go back in time a little bit, okay? So think about throughout the course of your life, those one things, and you all can think about the one thing that you thought you really needed in life. I'm going to take a little trip down my one thing, Okay. So I was about, it was about 83, 84, 1983, 1984, and G.I. Joe was a big thing. How many of you remember G.I. Joe the cartoon? That's right. And let's see if you guys remember it well. Uh, and now you know, and knowing is half the battle. That's right. All right. So I was a big G.I. Joe guy, and I really enjoyed it. And one thing I wanted, I wanted one thing, and that was the G.I. Joe X-30. Let's see, I think we've got a picture of that up there. Maybe we don't. The G.I. Joe X-30 was a reverse wing uh, jet plane. I loved it. There it is. All right. And I wanted that one thing. If I just had that one thing, it came with missiles. The wings came off. You could shoot rockets. Parts of it came off. It was awesome. So I begged my parents for $24.99 to get this X-30. And, and, uh, and sure enough, they got it for me. And I loved that thing, and I played with that thing. And then the missiles started to disappear a little bit. Did you guys know that, you probably don't, because I'm the one who would know this, those things unopened now are like 600 bucks. It's crazy. But I started, I, I would go outside. We had a big yard when I was growing up, so I'd go outside, and I would be throwing the missiles, and, and then it'd crash, and the wings would fall off, and I'd put it all back together. And I actually held on to that thing for, for quite some time, and my boys were able to play with the remnants of what was left over from that jet. It doesn't exist anymore. Mine doesn't, but it used to. And, I, and so, but after a while, it started to fade, and of course, I grew up. And as I grew up, my interests started to change. I'm sure your guys' interests started to change, too. So I was about 15, 16 years old. I had my first job. And one thing I really, really wanted was a stereo. You guys remember the stereos back then, right? The dual tape decks. You used to be able to record off one tape deck onto another, make a playlist for your friends. It had a record player. And mine was very similar to that one. And I earned my money, and I bought that. It was $129.99 at a store called Big Wheel. I don't know. I don't think you guys had Big Wheel in Kentucky, but I had a Big Wheel. And so I bought that, and, and I loved that stereo. And I would play that stereo when I was sleeping. Lionel Richie. I used to play the Lionel Richie tape, you know. And I loved that stereo, and I had that stereo for a long time. In fact, I think I had it when my wife and I first got married. But, you know, times start to fade, and the tape decks didn't work so well anymore, and technology continues to grow. And, of course, you know, there were CDs out, and you can't put a CD, well, you could, but you can't really, shouldn't put a CD on a record player, because it doesn't work very well, does it? And so then I wanted the next big thing. I graduated high school, I had a car, and I got into a car accident uh, Christmas of 1991, 
And so I, want, I was going to get another car, and I really wanted a truck. How many of you guys want a truck? You know, if I could do the Tim Allen grunt, oh, 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 and I wanted a truck. 1977 Ford F-150 4x4, that was very similar to the truck I had. Had a 460 motor with a Holly 4 barrel. Oh, man, I tell you, this thing would pass everything but a gas station. I think I was lucky I got seven to eight miles to the gallon in that monster. And I love that truck. And that truck loved me. I just know it. Got a little tear coming down right now. I probably paid about $5,000 for that truck. And now that one that you saw on the screen is retailing for twenty-nine grand. Wish I would have kept the truck. But there was one thing that kind of took the place of that. And that was a sweet little girl. Well, short little, little lass, whose name was Rachel Anderson. And I thought, boy, if I'm going to net this gal, I can't have this truck. Because she couldn't even get up in the thing. <laughs> so I sold the truck. I'm sure you guys can think back of things that you wanted if you just had that one thing. If you had that one thing, how much happier would you be? And for some of you, maybe are coming here this morning, you're like, man, there's just one thing out there. Maybe it's a new job. Maybe you're like, my old job just stinks. If I could just get a new job, if I could just move into that new house, if I could just get that raise, that one thing. Maybe for some of you, if I could just get, find that special someone to get married to. If I could just, and it can go on and on, that one thing. We all have these. But what are those one things rooted in? They're, they're rooted in earthly things, right? David had a different viewpoint of this, and we're going to look at that today. So uh, you can read with me Psalm 127, and we're going to read verses 1 through 4. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war rise against me, yet I will be confident. And here's what I want us to focus on today, which is verse 4. One thing have I asked of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. See, David had one thing. If I lose everything else, what's one thing that I want? One thing that I ask of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Let's think about that today. If you were to come in here and you're like, uh, Dave, I'm going to go ahead and move in here because that's the one thing I'm asking of the Lord. I'm just going to go ahead and move in and I'm going to move my family in and, and maybe you move in and we could all move in together. We could dwell in the house of the Lord the whole time. That'd be a little bit crazy. But he boiled this desire down and he made a commitment to seek after it and only it. Why was this so important? Why does it, why does it continue to be important for us today? Do you realize that when we come together and we sing praises to our Lord and we worship, there's three things that we're going to focus on this morning as to why this is so important. So number one, we're going to just jump right into it. God's relationship with his people is one of the most important reasons for us to gather together on Sunday morning 
and gather together in small groups is our relationship with his people. He says this, one thing have I asked the Lord that I may, uh, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. Now think of it this way. If you get asked over to somebody's house, do you have a relationship with that person? I sincerely hope so. You just don't go and stay at someone's house, unless it's an Airbnb, obviously. But I'm saying, if you're going to somebody's house to see somebody, typically you have a relationship with that person. We moved down here from uh, Michigan in 2012. And I will tell you, when we go home and we stay with my mom, I have a relationship with my mother. I love my mother. I care for my mother. And my mother loves and cares for, yes, even me. That's in spite of her having four other boys. I still think I'm the favorite. I am the youngest, of course. All younger people think that they're the favorite. And it's true, okay? So, but we have a relationship together. And God desires that relationship with us. So, we think, as we've sung this morning and we've sing praise to our Lord, our focus has been on the Lord and what God's relationship is with us. And this is one thing I really enjoy with being a worship leader. I don't know that you guys understand this, but one of the things I really I love is sometimes when I'm up here playing acoustic or I'm playing bass, and, and those quiet times come during the course of the music, and I can hear you all sing out. It's amazing. And there are times I just have to stop, and I listen to you as you sing and worship the Lord. Because it's not just about your voices being raised to the Lord, but it helps us remember all that God has done for us. His word says this in Ezra 3.11. I love it. It says, And they sing responsibly, praising and giving thanks to the Lord, for he is good, his steadfast love endures forever toward Israel. And all the people shouted with a great shout because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. So with Ezra, just to give you a little context, they're coming back into the land. They're rebuilding the temple. And everyone sees the destruction. And they work and they work and they work to rebuild the temple. And when that foundation of the house of the Lord was laid, what did they do? They didn't revel in how great they had done. They sang praises to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. And all the people shouted with a great shout. It helps us remember what God has done for us. God's word is full of those things. In Psalms, again, it says, sing praises to him. Make known his deeds among the peoples. I love it because when we sing together, it's not just an encouragement for us. And it's not just praise to the Lord. But it's, it's us reminding each other as a, as a corporate body of worship what God has done. It's a wonderful thing. Psalm 96.1 says, Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. One of the songs we sing on Sunday morning, we worship the God who was, we worship the God who is, we worship the God who evermore shall be. He opens the prison doors. He parted the raging sea. Our God, he holds the victory. There's joy in the house of the Lord. I hope there's joy in the house of the Lord this morning. Is there? Because of all that God has done for us, it, help, it reminds us of his relationship to his people. Number two, it reminds us of his people's relationship with him. Psalm 24-7, that part says, and to seek him in his temple, or to inquire in his temple. If we were to go back to 1 Samuel, we will see uh, the guy who's 
book is named after, Samuel, has not yet been born. And his mother is getting a, it's not his mother yet, but is getting a hard time because she can't have children. So what does she do? She goes to the house of the Lord and she inquires and she pours out her heart to the Lord. And she said, please, 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 give me a child. And God answered. When we inquire in him, when we ask of him, but we also learn of him, we learn about who God is. It's one thing for me to stand up here and say, God is faithful, God is just, all that. But when you have corporate worship in this way, when you have this thing going on in the house of the Lord, preaching and teaching is a big part of that, to teach you, to help you understand of who God is and his relationship to you, and of course, your relationship to him. And I can tell you from experience how much time and effort it goes into standing up here on a Sunday morning and preaching. It takes a lot. It takes study. It takes prayer. I'll tell you, that is also reflected in our children's ministry and our youth ministry. We just don't get up here and speak willy-nilly. That's one of my favorite words, by the way, willy-nilly. We just don't preach off the top of our heads because we want to make sure that the things that we're preaching, the things we're doing, the things we're singing, the things we're teaching are from the Lord and not just from us. So, little caveat, show a little love and appreciation toward your pastors to your children's ministry, to your youth ministry. Because it may seem like it's easy to do. It's really not. It's tough. And when you have a person like Dave, I'm going to give you some kudos. And like other pastors that have been in my life who make it look so easy at times, we kind of take for granted how difficult something like this could be. We want to make sure that we're doing it. I love what Charles Spurgeon says. He says, the highest science, the loftiest speculation, the mightiest philosophy which can ever engage the attention of the child of God is the name, the nature, the person, the work, the doings, and the existence of the great God whom he calls Father. It should be our highest science, our loftiest speculation. We should want to know. I'm going to take you back again to 1993, 1994 when I first met my wife. And you guys remember when you first met your spouse, okay? Was it just good enough for you to go, hey, what's up? No, you wanted to know everything about her, right? You wanted to know everything about him. What was his likes? What was his dislikes? What was her likes? What was her dislikes? What's your favorite color? What size ring would you... Uh, we won't go there yet. <laughs> what do you like to do? Do you like to go hiking? I like to go hiking too. That's something that doesn't really reverberate between my wife and I. Do you like to cook? My wife is an awesome cook, okay, and kudos to you out there who are good cooks, but she rocks it, and so she's like, do you like cooking? I was like, no, but I like eating, so it kind of worked out, but you want to know about that person, right? When you truly love somebody, you want to know about that person. You want to know everything about them. You don't want to know what they like and what they don't like. Do you like horror movies? Do you like rom-coms. What do you like? And we, we build our relationship based upon that, and that's how we show love to one another. 
Psalm 119, 9 through 16 kind of reflects what we talk about when we talk about the importance of learning about who God is and what God does. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimony, I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your words. It's important for us to inquire of the Lord, to seek him out, to see who he is. It's not just about us. Brothers and sisters, it's not just about us. It's about how the Lord loves us and cares for us, but it's also about how we love and care for the Lord. One thing that drives me absolutely nuts is uh, Facebook Reels, some YouTube videos, and I will hear teaching that is off the stinking rails. And it absolutely drives me bonkers. Because I will tell you, I've had some advanced study, and those of you who've had advanced studies, when you're securing your theology and that sort of thing, and you know what the truth is, and then you hear somebody who's preaching something totally off the truth, it, it, it drives you bonkers. It really does. Because it's not about like, that person's wrong, wrong, wrong. But it's about how that person is affecting everybody that they're coming in contact with through this social media. And, and I want you guys to understand and know that to inquire the Lord, to become knowledgeable in the things of the Lord is so incredibly important. To guard yourself against false teachings, to guard yourself against anything that comes in, in uh, against the word of the Lord, okay? Psalms chapter 4 says this, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. Guard your hearts above all else. And when you don't understand and when you don't know, it's very easy for someone to take a verse out of context and you go, you know what? That sounds pretty good to me. And it may be way off base. We hear about things all the time like the prosperity gospel. And we hear about how feelings, I, I watched a YouTube video the other day of this guy who said, feelings are more important than scripture. No, it's not. Because your feelings change, but God's word doesn't. Amen? So become knowledgeable in those things. 2 Timothy Chapter 4 says this, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Rebuke, reprove, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but have itching ears. They will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions, and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. Does that sound a little familiar today? It's happening. You know, we are to test and approve what is being spoken. And I would encourage you, you know, I'm up here preaching this week. You know, Dave is a, is a great preacher. He's up there, up here on a regular basis. But I would, I, he and I have talked a lot. Don't just take what we say for our word. Figure it out yourselves, right? If there seems to be something a little wonky up here, we, we make mistakes. We say things that aren't necessarily true. Well, not on purpose. But we may actually let something slip. 
Test and approve for yourselves, right? Go, on to God's, go into God's word and read about it. Study it so that you can make sure and guard yourselves above your heart above all else because it determines the course of your life. It determines your relationship with the Lord. If this is all about relationship, our relationship to the Lord and Lord's relationship with us, don't you want to make sure that nothing comes between it? First Timothy, or yeah, First Timothy four eleven through sixteen. Paul is writing to Timothy again in the in the first letter he writes, and he says, "Command and teach these things. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set for the believers an example in speech and conduct and love and faith and impurity. Until I come, devote yourselves to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. Do not neglect the gift you have." which was given to you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Practice these things, immerse yourselves in them, so that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourselves and on the teaching. What did I just say? Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by doing so you will save both yourself and the hearers. What's one of the things that we as believers are supposed to do? We're supposed to go out, right? We're supposed to go out and spread the gospel to all nations, baptizing them and teaching them in, in, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. We're to teach them, but how do we know what to teach if we're not spending the time? Under, not only in our own, but also under, under people who can teach us stuff that we may not necessarily know. That's why small groups are so important. That's why this corporate worship is a great time for that. Uh, let's see. So number three, we'll move on to number three. So we've already seen about the relationship of God toward us, the relationship of us toward God. But number three is our relationship with each other. So being here on Sunday mornings is a great time of encouragement, not, uh, not only through the worship and preaching of God's word, but also our individual encouragement with each other. One of the things I really love about this church is when you walk in, like conversation is a plenty. I love it. Jerry and I just had a really good conversation about his son's video game scholarship. Can you believe it? They're giving scholarships for playing video games. Did you and I talk later? Because uh, I kind of want to know how that goes. I tell you what, if it was the Atari 2600 Pac-Man, nobody can beat me. Like, I just, I will rock that out. But the best way that I can, ex- I can illustrate this is this. I graduated high school in June of 1991. Uh, I felt God's calling in my life to go to school, so my mom and dad said, well, if this is what you're going to do, we're going to go ahead and, and do this. I went to Cornerstone University in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, in September of that year, I had just moved up to college, and I got a phone call from my dad that said he had cancer. And he fought the good fight. But one thing about my dad is that he always insisted, if you live in my house, you're going to church. Let me encourage you, fathers and mothers, to have that same kind of thing in your house. When they grow and they move out, it's their responsibility for their relationship with the Lord. But you as parents have such an important role to play in the spiritual development of your kids. It cannot in any way, shape, or form be understated. It is important that you are leading by example and that you are bringing your kids to church. 
so they can hear what the gospel is. And he did that. And he was an elder in his church. And he led worship. I'll never forget him being up in front and jingling the change in his pocket. Praise him, praise him. All the hymns, you know. And he, he didn't have an awesome voice, but he was leading from his heart. Sorry, Dad. But he had relationships in that church. And he passed away the day before Thanksgiving, 1991. And I will tell you that it was so difficult going to that church the first Sunday after he passed away. But there's no place that I would rather be. Not just because we're singing praise to the Lord, not because there was some comfort in that, but the fact is that we had relationships that were built over time in that church. Fast forward to 2003-ish, 2004. My wife and I had just had our youngest son. And I was having some health issues, and so I had to have surgery. I had to have stomach surgery. We owned a house in Lansing, Michigan, and I had to have stomach surgery. And because of that, of course, when you go on disability, those of you who have been on disability know that your pay is like cut in half. And then they tell, take health insurance out of it on top of that. So we had a really hard financial time in that we had to eventually sell our house. And I will tell you, I was so mad at God for what had happened. It was a pivotal point in my faith walk. And I remember telling my wife, I'm like, it's not fair. I lead worship at church. I, at the time, I was directing the choir. I was doing youth ministry. I was doing all these different things as a lay leader. And it's not fair. Why is it happening to me when we're doing all these things for the Lord? And it was a struggle. And I'll never forget the people at that time, that church, one person in particular came to my house and said, Tim, let's go out for coffee and let's talk about this. Because the relationship that I had with others in that church. Fast forward to here. We started coming to this church in 2015. It has been eight years since we started to attend. And the relationships that we've built here. And the friendships that we have now. It's not just about the motorcycle club. It's not just about leading worship. It's not just about, it's like when I come through that door, it's family who's here. And we have mutual encouragement. And in 2019, my mom almost died when she was here, visiting after my son Levi had graduated high school. She came down with Gillian Barre. I still don't know if I'm saying that right. But she pretty, her body shut down. And there were people here who said, let me pray for you. Let me love on you. Let's have a conversation. How you doing? How you feeling? It's relationship, folks. The reason why we're here is not, it's not just to come through that door, sneak in at the last minute, and then go home. And, I, and if you feel that way, I really hope that you take some time to get to know some of the people who are here, because this is one of the most loving group of people I've ever met in my entire life. It really is. Spend time here. Get to know one another. Hebrews 10, 23-25, we've heard this before, but we're going to say it again. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promises is faithful. 
And let us consider how we may spur one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together or giving up meeting together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. As you see the day approaching. This thing's flying away on me. And then John 15, 9 through 17 says, As the Father has loved me, so have I, have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you this, so my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, except he who lays down his life for his friends. And you are my friends, if you do what, you, what I command. I no longer call you servants because the servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I've learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you may go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. And so whatever you ask in my name, the father will give you. This is my command. Love one another. Love one another. We, said, we see this in Matthew where... They ask, what's the greatest commandment? And the greatest commandment is this. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. But the second commandment is this. Love each other as you love yourselves. And I will tell you, I've been, I've been on the receiving end, and I pray that in my reactions with you that I've been on the giving end when it comes to people loving on me, and I want to love on others. This is not just a country club that we come to every Sunday morning. This is a place where we can acknowledge and know and understand what God's relationship with is with us, what our relationship is with God, and, and we can build our relationships with one another. Amen? May we truly reflect. Psalm 122.1, David writes this. He said, I was happy when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I know it's rough on Sunday mornings. I have four kids. And there were times, when I, especially when I was in ministry, my poor wife would have to get all four of those kids around by themselves. And there were times that we, we worked together to get the kids around. And Sunday mornings could be a pretty stressful time getting everybody running, uh, especially when you have young kids and they're like, have you not found your shoe yet? Where's your other shoe? I don't know where my other shoe is. Well, go find your shoe. You know, I don't remember how to put on my shoes. Okay, let's put on your shoes. You know, I have to go to the bathroom. You should have went 20 minutes ago. It can be stressful. I, I know some of you are laughing because you've been there, done that, and bought the t-shirt. But I want to encourage you to make this a priority. Make this a place where no matter what, when those doors are open, Sunday mornings, that you're here giving thanks to the Lord for all he has done inquiring and learning about the Lord for, all he, for, for us to guard our hearts above all else and then, of course, to build relationships one with another. Amen? I pray that this is a place that, that you come in and you feel comfortable. I mean, the coffee alone does it for me, but it may not for you. <laughs> but really make this time our priority. I know that there's no other place on the earth that I would be than to come through those doors. And I will even say this. When we're on vacation, find a church body. Find somewhere where you can go to church. So that way you don't miss what the Lord may have for you. Let's pray.
Father God, we want to thank you for this morning.